Did you know that Radio Vermont Group Digital Services can create videos including drone footage? We've even won awards for our videos. If you'd like to learn more and see examples of our work, go to rvgdigital.com. Radio Vermont Group, we're more than just radio. We are back. I'm Kevin Ellis. It's Vermont Viewpoint. And a reminder that uh, if you want to send condolence cards, etc., to the family of our owner, Ken Squire, who died last week, you can do so by sending them uh, directly to the station at 9 Stowe Street. And I'm scrolling quickly to the beginning of my notes here. Uh, you can send them to uh, WDEV PO Box 550, Waterbury, Vermont, 05676. Or you can just send them to the studio at 9 Stowe Street, Waterbury, 05676. And we uh, we are grateful uh, to you for that. Um, so in anticipation of the coming legislative session in January, a coalition of advocacy groups has banded together to call for raising taxes specifically raising the income tax on wealthy Vermonters to pay for necessary programs like housing, flood relief, and others. They have formed an organization called Fund Vermont's Future. They held a press conference last week to tout their proposal, and the group's campaign manager is here with us. Her name is Annika Heilwell, and she joins us now. Annika, welcome to the show. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so uh, as I said in my earlier introduction, uh, proposals like this happen almost every year from the progressive side of the aisle and usually go nowhere. Uh, So tell us about the campaign, and then we'll get into why it's different now. But tell us exactly what you did at your press conference. Thanks for that question. So... At our press conference, we presented the Fair Share for Vermont proposal. So Fair Share for Vermont is a campaign to increase taxes on the wealthiest Vermont taxpayers to build a state that works for everybody who lives here. Um, so yeah, we launched the campaign in early November and um, presented this proposal, which would increase taxes on the wealthiest 2% of Vermont residents to raise significant revenue for the state. Um, So this proposal would create a 3% personal income tax surcharge on annual income over $500,000. It would impact less than 2% of Vermont residents, but but would raise approximately $100 million each year in state revenue. Okay. Let me, let me, I'm I'm doing this math in my head. So you said a 3%, did you say surcharge? Let's go through the details of exactly what the proposal is. Could you say it again? Yeah, absolutely. So it is a a 3% income tax surcharge, and it's on income over $500,000. So what this means is that for the first $500,000 that somebody owns, or that somebody earns, um, this tax proposal won't affect it at all. But for the first dollar after that, you'll start seeing a 3% surcharge on that income. So this would completely not affect almost all Vermonters, it would only impact less than 2% of Vermont residents, because those are the folks who are actually making over $500,000 a year. Right. Okay. And did you specify in your uh, press conference where you would like your money, that money to go to, or are you leaving that decision to the legislature? 
we're leaving that decision to the legislature. So, so we're not attaching the proposal to a specific appropriation. This is this is going to be a session where legislators are confronted with many budgetary pressures and a long list of needs. And it's clear that at the moment we have a problem with with finding sufficient revenue to meet the needs faced by the state. So this proposal would allow the state to better meet those needs. Okay. Uh, I assume, well, before we get to the pushback, let's talk about your coalition. Um, who, who's in it? Uh, and, and yeah, let, let's just start there. Who, who's, who are the members of Fair Share of Vermont? Great. The, the campaign is backed by a coalition of organizations and individuals called Fund Vermont Fund Vermont's Future, which includes the American Civil Liberties Union of Vermont, Public Assets Institute, Vermont Conservation Voters, the Vermont Early Childhood Advocacy Alliance, the Vermont National Education Association, the Vermont Natural Resources Council, Voices for Vermont's Children, and three individual representatives. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask an unfair question here only because I'm old enough to remember this. Uh, you know, uh, when our former state senator, Anthony Polina, was in the Senate, he would introduce a proposal like this year after year. And it would, of course, you know, he would get up on the Senate floor and speak about it, but it never went anywhere. Uh, and, you know, for a variety of reasons. And I guess my, my question is, what's different now? What do you think makes this proposal more germane uh, and politically viable than in the past? Right. It's it's important to learn from past proposals, but we're focused on the current moment and the future of Vermont. This proposal just makes sense, and it comes at exactly the right time. The pandemic highlighted what public investment can do for our communities, and it showed that lawmakers it showed lawmakers that that funding public goods is not only politically possible, but it's celebrated by their constituents. So, in recent years, we've we've seen that the legislature has funded crucial investments in housing, the environment, families, and, and much more. And revenue raised for child care last legislative session um, also showed that the legislature is not afraid to raise revenue to fund programs we need. Additionally, polling from one of our partners has consistently shown that the vast majority of Vermont residents agree with proposals to raise taxes on the wealthiest residents to pay for public goods and services that make our state better for all of us. So, you know, as, as we move forward, we think that this proposal does have a lot of political viability in this legislative session because it meets the moment with action. Uh, I would now, okay, here comes the pushback. I'll put, I'll put my, uh, my conservative Republican hat on for a minute here. <laughs> Let's see. For sure. Uh, this is dead on arrival. The governor will veto it. Uh, Jane Kitchell, the chair of the uh, Senate Appropriations Committee, uh, will oppose it and make sure that it goes nowhere. And, uh, and you're going to be tagged as out of uh, progressives who don't have a finger on the pulse of uh, working Vermonters who cannot afford a raise in taxes. How about that? How is that? Is that a good start? That's, that's a great start. Um, I'll, I'll tackle this one, one thing at a time. <laughs> um, sure, I, please I, do. I think we should, we should take a step back by saying that the governor shouldn't veto legislation that includes this proposal because polling consistently shows that a vast majority of Vermont residents support raising taxes on the wealthiest taxpayers to fund public goods and services. So we would hope that he would be supportive of our proposal that his constituents overwhelmingly want. And, you know, I, I don't want to count our chickens before they're hatched, but I also don't want to throw out any eggs because 
some chickens haven't hatched in the past. Um, and if he, he does veto it, we, we trust that the legislature would act to support their constituents. I also want to add that it's still, you know, an open question as to what the vehicle of this proposal ends up being once it lands on the governor's desk. So our proposal uh, might become yeah. part of a much larger bill, and then the veto would become a lot more complicated. And as listeners are tuning in at home, I, I want to emphasize that the legislative session can get messy and complicated. But at the end of the day, this is about values. So this is a proposal that makes sense for Vermont values, our communities, our political structure. And we trust that our elected leaders will, will meet this moment with action. I, I uh, then want to go back to your – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, please. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. I, I want to go back to your, your second question about, about legislators. And first of all, for legislators, this proposal also gives the legislature a chance to do what's right for their constituents. And as far as legislators go, we do have strong support from Emily Kornheiser, who is the chairwoman of House Ways and Means, so a really key part of this conversation. Um, and as you know, conversations with all legislators and, and leadership are complicated, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but, but from initial conversations, we feel like this is the right time to have this conversation and propose a solution to budgetary pressures. So there are clearly a lot of pressures that leadership is dealing with when trying to make the budget work and pay for the things that need to get done, and this proposal helps provide a funding source that makes sense. Okay, so you just said something uh, uh, that is tidal wave uh, significant, which is you have support from the chair of the Ways and Means Committee, and that is Emily Kornheiser. She's a representative from Brattleboro. Um, so uh, th that's one body of the legislature uh, that that might look favorably on this proposal. Uh, Emily Kornheiser's counterpart is in the Senate is Washington Senator, my Senator, Ann Cummings. Uh, have you talked to her yet? Has she said anything about this publicly or privately? We'll be reporting more on our conversations with legislators in the coming weeks, but all that I can say right now is that we're excited to continue to have conversations with legislators. Um, we we are confident that that legislators will do what is right for our budget, for state policies, for their constituents, and this is the right move going forward. But Annika, I want you to tell us all the secret conversations you're having. I want you to reveal it all <laughs> right here on on Vermont Viewpoint. Um, I think Annika, that we we often gloss over this and we we i even did it myself i think this morning which was saying like oh it's going to raise income taxes well it's it would raise income taxes on a, a very few vermonters uh and it only kicks in after the 500k is first earned do i have that right so it's a, a marginal tax surcharge, so only on income over $500,000, and it'll impact less than 2% of Vermont residents. Okay, and, and that was my next question. Have you, in your research, have you figured out how many Vermonters make over $500,000? I don't have the exact number in front of me right now, but we do know that it is less than 2% of, of Vermont taxpayers. Um, so, so this surcharge will will affect folks differently depending on the exact amount of money that they do make over $500,000, but it is a 3% surcharge on income over that number. Okay. Uh, now, let me hit you with the other uh, argument, which is 
uh, Vermont needs those wealthy earners uh, to to buy Little League uniforms, to pay the taxes. Uh, that those people over five hundred thousand pay the majority, the most taxes in the state, and therefore, what's going to happen is they will leave. Uh, they'll move to Florida, and and I I know this is an issue about which uh, lots of people agree and disagree, but uh, th- that they'll move to Florida and become Florida residents. They'll live in Vermont. Uh, half uh, less than a little bit less than half the year, and they'll to avoid the taxes. What do you say to that? Thanks. That's that's a great question. So, the idea of wealthy people fleeing from states to avoid paying their fair share in taxes is a myth. It's it's not reflected in the data, and high income earners are actually less likely to move than low and middle income earners. So far from fleeing fair taxes, wealthy people have the resources to live in and move to communities with a rich social fabric that includes things like good schools, clean downtowns, and and public services that work seamlessly. And all of these things are funded by taxes. So when the wealthiest pay their fair share in taxes, we see that reflected in our economy and in our communities, and we will continue to have towns that, that wealthy residents want to live in. Additionally, the the latest migration report from Public Assets Institute shows that wealthy individuals are continuing to move into the state in higher numbers than folks are leaving, even though there's consistent messaging in the media and throughout the state that our tax system is scaring wealthy folks off, but, but that's a mess. So under this proposal, when wealthy Vermonters contribute their fair share to the system, the state will have the resources it needs to support the well-being of everyone, including our wealthiest residents. Okay. Great. Now, uh, the phones are lighting up. Surprise, surprise. So, Annika, get ready. Uh, We're going to take some phone calls about this, uh, and we're going to take our first call from John in Chelsea. And if I'm just going to guess, having lived in Chelsea uh, uh, for more than a decade of my life, that I'm going to know this, John. John, welcome to the show. Hi there. Yes, uh, our kids are all the same age. Uh, John Cesari here. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Our past did cross Welcome. a lot. Uh, um, I think this is a great idea in, in concept. I just hope that enough research has been done. Uh, I'm I'm a little unclear how we're sure that it's a myth that people would um, would not flee the state. I mean, you're gonna. I think that there would at least be a small percentage of people that would flee flee the state and I think or at least change their residency to less than six months a year and I think that there at least be a small percentage of people that wouldn't come to Vermont um, as full-time residents uh, they saw that over in Orford, New Hampshire, that all the beautiful rich houses were bought up by uh, out-of-staters maybe 20 years ago, and then uh, New Hampshire started trying to tax them uh, appropriately, um, and those houses got sold. Uh, I think there were three different of the rich houses that got sold. So uh, I, I guess my question is, how can we be so sure on the numbers and that that the the growth the 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 that Vermont will still seem welcoming to uh, to both high income earners and uh, potential people moving in? Thank you for the call, uh, Annika. What's what do you say about that? Yeah. Hi, John. Thanks so much for that question. So there have been many studies that have have shown that wealthy people are far less likely to move than low and middle income households and that wealthy people are really unlikely 
um, because of fair taxes. So I think this comes back to the fact that people want to live in Vermont, you know, and, and wealthy people tend to have deep roots in our communities. They, they want to live in communities with the infrastructure that they like, with their friends and family. And to move away because of a 3% surcharge on income over $500,000 just wouldn't make sense. You know, of course, there's there's a chance that there will be one-off instances where folks will choose not to move here, but but overwhelmingly, that's it's a myth. It's, it's not true. And we also know okay. that this is true because states with the highest marginal tax rates on, on high-income earners actually have the the most millionaire families in general. So if we're looking at states like California, et cetera. Um, you know, we this question has come up time and time again because it's rhetoric <clears throat> that is spread really heavily. You know, it's, it's leaned in by, by folks who oppose taxes and things like that. But at the end of the day, there are <clears throat> countless studies that show that it's a myth. Uh, Annika, Johnson's area, thank you for the call. Oh, sorry to use your last name on the air. I think that's a taboo in radio. But, John, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Best to your family. Um, and let's take another call. Uh, if, if, if Jim in Barry is still on the line, uh, welcome to the show, Jim. Hi, good morning. Um, morning. I'm, I'm, I have a question regarding the uh, current uh tax bracket of these people the, the the premise of the program or of the uh um proposal is people paying their fair share and before you determine that i, I think we have to find out what they're already paying do you know what someone over five hundred thousand uh, dollars annual income would be paying currently and as a percentage of their tax of their income and what percentage increase would the three percent be yeah. Great so thank question. you. Thank you so much for that question. Um, based on our research, we know that in recent years, the wealthiest Vermonters have done extremely well in our economic system. And we also know that in recent years, the share of total income in Vermont that goes to the wealthiest Vermonters has grown faster than their share of taxes. So that's why it's fair for those who have done very well to pitch a little more into our system to build a Vermont that works for everyone. Um, we also know that when we account for all taxes that that folks are paying, so when we're thinking about things like income taxes, sales taxes, et cetera, property taxes, um, we, we do have a progressive income tax system, but when we take into account all of these taxes, the wealthiest Vermont residents are actually paying about the same share of their taxes or, or of their income in taxes as folks in middle income brackets. So I don't have the number in front of me that is the exact percentage that, that all of these folks are, are paying in taxes because it, it also changes based on, you know, if you're looking at the top 0.5% of income tax owners, the, the top one, the top two, et cetera. Um, but, and, and similarly with that 3% surcharge, but we do know that for this, these wealthiest Vermonters, the share of total income that they are earning has grown a lot faster than their share of taxes that they're contributing. Uh, Jim, thanks for the call. I would recommend, I know um, Annika 
a lot of that research comes from the Public Assets Institute. And Jim, I would recommend to you uh, their website, which is publicassets.org. They do a lot of research around this kind of thing about what people are paying, what they're what they have been paying, what they would pay, whether they're going to move to Florida, et cetera, in the in the wake of a proposal like this. So publicassets.org um, is a great resource. Annika, I assume that your campaign has a has a website where that has some of this information. Yeah, thank you. We do have a website, and it is fundvermontfuture.org. So folks can also go there to learn more. And thanks for that shout out to the public assets website. It's also a great resource. Well, uh, a friend of mine, Paul Philo, uh, founded the Public Assets Institute, and he was the uh, one of the, the prime movers of proposals like this in the legislature. He's now retired, believe it or not. But uh, I know, Paul, Jim, uh, a guy like Paul would love to get on the phone with you and talk about this for, oh, I don't know, three or four hours. Uh, and Public Assets has deep wells of research on this, regardless of your political affiliation and what you, whether you support this or don't, uh, check out Public Assets because they do a lot of deep research here. Our guest on Vermont Viewpoint today is Annika Heilwell. She is the campaign manager for a campaign to raise the income tax on wealthy Vermonters to pay for urgent needs. It's called Fair Share for Vermont. Her name is Annika Heilwell, and she's with us now. Annika, uh, oh, I wanted to go to the phones. I don't know, uh, Greg Titus, if we have Catherine still there, but if Catherine is still there, welcome to the show, Catherine. Catherine is still here. And Welcome. It, it sounds to me, all right, it sounds to me like the tax they're trying to raise is a Robin Hood tax. You tax the rich to pay for the poor. And I don't know where the poor would be if it weren't for the rich. And just because the rich are lucky enough to be rich doesn't mean they're lucky. It means they earned it the hard way many times. Research how to cut spending as hard as they research where to raise taxes, I think we'd all be better off. That's it from here. And Annika, thank you for your effort because I'm sure it's not easy. Great. <laughs> Catherine, thank you, and happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Annika, what about that? What about the rich pay a lot of the taxes, and we need the rich around to to uh, fund the society we live in? Yeah, thank you so much. So, so I want to go back to the fact that we know that in recent years, the, the share of total income in Vermont that goes to the wealthiest Vermonters has grown faster than their share of taxes. So this this isn't, you know, about creating these these dichotomies of, you know, increasing rhetoric around who's angry at who and, and who wants to get who. You know, this is just about doing what's right. And it, it's fair for those who have done very well in our system to, to pitch in a little more to build a Vermont that works for everyone. I also want to address the, the point around spending from the legislature being out of control. So the idea of the legislature having out-of-control spending is something that's driven by rhetoric around the legislature each legislative session. It's also driven by larger conversations around politics at the national level. But 
the legislature actually isn't in a spiral of out-of-control spending or something like that. Um, when we look at the reality and not the rhetoric, we can see that the legislature has an obligation to pass a budget that to pass a budget that supports the needs of all Vermonters. And furthermore, not making necessary investments in programs and services now will just cost us more later. So raising the revenue that we need to support all Vermonters today is a fiscally responsible choice. Annika, I, I wonder if I could go back to Catherine's question at where she refers to it as a Robin Hood tax. And I, I, I think she meant that as a negative, a pejorative term, robbing from the rich to give to the poor. I, I would think, let me see if I can say it this way. I would, 10 years ago, I think that was right. I think that was true that, that most people uh, thought that our so-called Robin Hood tax was a bad thing. I'm not sure that's true anymore. I think I think American culture, well, at least culture in Vermont. I think I think uh, the the voting public in Vermont might embrace the notion that a Robin Hood tax is not a bad thing, but a good thing. I wonder, could you sort of comment on that? It's it's more of a cultural question than a political one. Yeah, that's that's a great question, and I think it goes back to our polling that shows that an overwhelming majority of Vermont residents do support increasing taxes on the wealthiest Vermont residents in order to build the system that works for all of us. I also want to want to lean into the point that this this isn't robbing. You know, taxes are a civil duty, and they're a really key part of our society and and how government functions and how all of these public services and goods function. They help our communities and asking the wealthiest Vermont residents to pay their fair share isn't about robbing and it isn't about taking. We we all pay taxes. We are just asking for everybody to pay their fair share in taxes. Okay, we're going to go back to the phones. Annika, you, this is, you and this issue have lit up. You're the lit up the phone lines. You're the celebrity for this month. So <laughs> Forbes in Corinth is now on the line. Forbes, welcome to the show as always. Hi, how are you today? Good. Happy Thanksgiving. I've got a couple of questions. And then, first of all, uh, taking into consideration that Vermont uh, and now is probably one of the highest uh, taxed per capita state in the union. Um, what What's the guesstimate as to what additional monies will be raised through this system? And two, would this uh, represent a reduction in those that are now paying uh, the tax for what we have? Or will this uh, money be uh, spent on other programs without a reduction in taxes for the regular people? Over to you, Annika. Thank you, Forbes. Thank you. So this proposal itself would raise approximately $100 million each year in state tax revenue. This isn't really about looking at taxes per capita, comparing us to other states. It's it's not particularly useful to, to look at us compared to other states. It's more useful to see, you know, we're Vermont. What does Vermont as a state need? And Vermont as a state needs proposals like this to ensure that the wealthiest Vermont residents pay their fair share in taxes. 
So to your second question, and, and thank you for that, this isn't going to go to, you know, uh, an oblique reduction in other taxes. You know, it's, this is about building a Vermont that works for everybody who, who lives here through public investment and through public goods and services. So we know that there's a really long list of means and budgetary pressures that the legislature is going to be facing this year. And this is about helping to fund those means. Okay. Uh, Annika, before we get to the next caller, uh, could, maybe could you give us a rough list of what those priorities might be in the legislature? I said flood relief and housing, uh, but there are others. Do you have a preferred list or are you just going to leave it up to the legislature to decide how to spend that money? We, as a coalition, are not putting forward proposals for appropriations, so we don't have a preferred list. Um, We know that there are clear things that are vying for money in the legislative session this year. You know, you've already pointed out housing and and flood response, and and those are some, some really big means. So we're leaving it to the legislature to look at what we need money to fund, and we are excited to present a way to pay for some of these needs. Uh, I think we have Jamie, if she's still, uh, or he, he or she is still holding on the line. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hello, it's uh, it's he, but you you can uh, use whatever pronoun you need. Uh, hopefully you can hear me. I'm kind of <laughs> sick. Um, I uh, I wondered, uh, you know, with the uh, influx of people uh, coming to Vermont um, and very wealthy people because of climate change um, and uh, global wars and and just the sort of reality of of living in the urban uh, centers uh, in in our world, Vermont is is hugely popular. And as a native, um, I'm wondering if, um, you know, there has been studies through public assets or through your work, Annika, to determine the opportunity cost and the revenue loss of, um, you know, a lot of my high school uh, friends who've uh, out-migrated, who couldn't afford to live here, um, whose taxes in uh, certain pockets of the state were just too prohibitive to live here, and who have decided to go south um, because it's so much cheaper to live there. Is there any um, way to measure those losses? And also, you know, to the point of like Anthony Polina and and the country of Bhutan and, you know, the the uh, gross national happiness kind of thing. You know, is there a way to measure the cultural loss? You know, uh, David Budbill said uh, we may get to a point where we live in a state of native slaves and lots of places in Vermont, I feel, are kind of getting there. And it's and it's a, it's a terrible cultural loss. Uh, Jamie, yeah. thank you for the call. That's a great, great so go. Could spend a whole show on that, and you know what? Maybe we should. Annika, give us a reaction. Yeah, thank you so much for that question. And um, I want to I want to nod to your first point, which is on affordability of the state of Vermont. And by increasing taxes on the wealthiest Vermont residents, we we will be able to you know, build a state that is actually more affordable for everybody who lives here. 
Um, so in, in recent years, we've seen that wages for the vast majority of everyday Vermonters are not keeping up with keeping pace with the rising cost of living, um, while our tax structure consol- consolidates wealth at the top, and that affects affordability for everyone. Looking into the future, we know that by having a tax policy and tax, a tax structure that supports all Vermont residents, we can support all Vermont residents and, and ensure that folks who want to stay in Vermont and want to call the state of Vermont home and, and do call the state of Vermont home are able to afford to live here. So that's a really key part of, of our thinking around this proposal. Um, I'm actually not sure. That's, that's a really great question on on studying cultural loss and, and things like that. I would also point you to the public assets website. So I have not personally looked into into this this collective loss that happens when, when folks leave. But I, I want to also emphasize that we, we tend to see these ideas around migration and, and people leaving the state of Vermont accentuate, accentuated in the media. You know, I, I think I said further up in the episode that from migration reports from public assets, we know that um, wealthy individuals are continuing to move into the state in higher numbers than folks are leaving. And as we move forward, we really want to focus on making a state that works for everybody who calls Vermont home. Annika, before we go back to the phones, I want to ask you, uh, I assume that the surcharge is on uh, people earning over $500,000 a year, and it must uh, be frustrating because so much of American wealth is, uh, is, is among people who haven't earned it, but whose money is invested in the market. Um, that money unearned income will not be part of this proposal or do I have do I have that right right thank you for that question so so this proposal basically the the analysis looks at all income from a person so so it's looking at their earned income through their job and then and then also looking at income through things like capital gains so so that's wrapped in with this but it is still that realized income um, but I, I also want to nod to the, your earlier comment that this is affecting, it's affecting income, you know, and, and there are these differences between income and wealth. And I just want to point to the fact that anybody who is making over $500,000 a year is, is still a very wealthy Vermonter, and it makes sense to increase taxes on, on this income. We're also excited to look at other ways to increase taxes on the wealthiest Vermont residents. You know, this this proposal is a clear way to do it. But at the end of the day, what we believe is that it's time to increase taxes on the wealthiest Vermont residents to build a Vermont that takes care of all of us. And we're excited to have conversations with legislators um, and elected other elected officials to to figure out the best way to do that. We think that this is a great starting point. We think that this is a great idea. Um, and we're also open to other ways that would also increase taxes on the wealthiest Vermont residents. Okay, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Mark in Bristol, you're on the line. Thank you for waiting. Uh, Annika, thank you for all the great work you're doing. And uh, I like to talk about, you know, these people moving uh, to Florida and keeping their home in Vermont and changing their residence, those folks should be taxed like nobody's business because what's happening is the, the youth, the, the worker bees, 
uh, it, and our Vermonters cannot afford homes. And the fact that people are saying, well, if once they move to uh, Florida, you're losing all that income, well, that's why you should tax the heck out of that second in home uh, to add to your program. Because if they do sell, guess what? Another rich person is going to come in and buy that house because the rich are coming, and they've been coming crazily. And since COVID, uh, before COVID struck, if you had a house that sold for $300,000, dollars you're like, how much? Oh, my God. Now that house is up to seven, dollars $800,000, and the rich are coming. And Annika, go get them uh, and help the, the, the local Vermonters, the working men, and, and the people who are trying to raise families in our great state of Vermont. Uh, you know, we don't need to end up like Long Island, which, you, you know, years ago the same thing happened. It's all farms, so on and so forth, and that's all gone. And Vermont will be gone, too. They will put up more houses. And my other question is, who the hell lives in those houses on Spear Street? Who are those people? And that's the end of my story. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, thank you for calling, and happy Thanksgiving. Annika, uh, he raises an interesting point. Uh, If I had to point to one difference between, say, when Senator Polina would make this proposal and today... I think it's the cost of housing. Uh, That is a dramatic difference. And I'm I'm sensing a theme from some of the callers that this wouldn't affect uh, Vermonters under $500,000. And there's a concern out there for local people uh, in the service economy uh, and elsewhere who just can't afford a place to live. And uh, you're saying that this money would, this proposal would raise the money to help those people. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much, Kevin, and, and thanks so much for your for your comments and questions, Mark. Um, yeah, this this is about making a state that works for everybody who lives here. You know, we we know that there are rising costs in housing. We know that there are rising costs of living that that wages for the majority of Vermont residents aren't keeping up with. Um, and and we're excited to to present a proposal that we think is a step on the way to making Vermont more affordable to for everybody who calls Vermont home. On on the issue of second home ownership, you know, as I said, as I said earlier, we we are really interested in making sure that everybody pays their fair share in taxes to build the state that works for everybody. And we would be excited to see things like that, you know, tax issues with, with second homes come up in the legislature and and we would we would respond as they come up. Um, but yeah, we there there are a lot of things around housing right now that you know we're we're watching. We do know that a lot of folks are struggling with with housing costs, and that's real. And it's a moment that we need to meet with action. And increasing taxes on the wealthiest Vermont residents is the first step to creating that action. Okay. Well, Annika. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, you're going to be front and center uh, this January, and uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be hot in that building. So, uh, so best of luck to you, and thank you for all the callers uh, who called in. That's generated a lot of interest. So, uh, best of luck, and we look forward to following following your efforts. Thank you for coming on the show. Great. Thank you so much, Kevin. It was good to talk. That's Annika Heilwell. She is the campaign manager of Fair Share for Vermont. This 
proposal to raise income taxes on those over $500,000. Sounds like uh, there's a fairly large coalition of groups that are going to be pushing this. They claim that uh, the chair of the Ways and Means Committee has is supportive of this, of this proposal. I'll be really interested to see where our Washington County Senator Ann Cummings, who chairs the Senate Finance Committee, uh, will come down on this. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for today, the day before Thanksgiving. My, my thanks to guests Annika Heilwell and Jefferson Morley. I'm always looking always looking for guests who will provoke us, inform us, and challenge us. So please send me your suggestions. Hit me up on Twitter or VTViewpoint at RadioVermont.com. You can listen to this show commercial-free as a podcast uh, in the next hour or so, as soon as the editors get it ready uh, at WDEVRadio.com. Our goal, as always, is to illuminate and inform and have some fun along the way. Remember, to stream this show live uh, wherever you are in the world. As always, we'll talk politics, media, and culture, and everything else on my mind and yours. I am here Wednesdays and Fridays. You can find me and everything else I do at KevinKEllis.com. Subscribe to my weekly newsletter called Conflict of Interest or my podcast, Conflict of Interest, which explores a lot of these same issues. Check out this week's episode about the country of Wales and its first first in the world appointment of a commissioner of well-being. Her name is Sophie, and she represents those unborn uh, for around decisions being made by the Welsh government. And uh, it's a fascinating episode. So check it out and please subscribe. And again, if you're sending messages of condolence to the family of Ken Squire, our owner, remember, just send them here to the studio at 9 Stowe Street, Waterbury, 05676. We will be sure to uh, send them on. Our show is produced by me, engineered and made possible by Danny McGivergan, Lee Cattell, Greg Titus, and all the folks at WDEB. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. I'm Kevin Ellis. We'll see you right back here Friday on Vermont Viewpoint Live Radio on the friendly pioneer, Ken Squire's own WDEV.